Good morning, Gateway Church. I hope this message finds you healthy and well, both you and your families. Um, a few items before we begin. Um, first off, in this time of need, we'd like to bring um, your attention to um, a local need and a local way of um, maybe each and every one of us, if possible, helping out our fellow neighbors. The Wisdom Lane Middle School um, is running a food pantry. Uh, the address is 120 Center Lane, Levittown, New York, 11756. Um, the food pantry is open Tuesdays, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Thursdays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., and there's no appointment necessary. Just show up at the open times and drop off your donation. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, just a reminder, we'll be celebrating at the Lord's Table next Sunday, May 3rd. If you'd like to celebrate with us, you know the routine. Slap on your gloves, your mask, and pick up some juice and matzah the next time you're at the store. And we speak about going to the store, some of the, the everyday things uh, that we do or took for granted in life. Now we need to check um, for limited hours or we need to check whether something is open or closed. So many things are closed now. Schools. Restaurants, movie theaters, the Great White Way, sporting events, the list is endless. We've all been affected and we wait for a reopening so we can return back to normal. Even church, Gateway Church among others is closed. But that's one closure that we do not have to wait for a reopening to go back to normal as Christ church. Let's go to scripture. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Jesus teaches us about the kingdom, not the building. He says where it's two or three are, are meeting, he's present. Not 40, not 150, not 600. Not a place, we are the place. Wherever we are, we are equally sacred, all God's children. The mission field is not closed. All God's children, the biblical church, wherever they are. Father, we thank you that being able to serve you is not limited by the ability of us to enter a building. Let us remember that we can shine your light no matter what is happening in the world around us because of the spirit that lives in our heart. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Gateway Church. Uh, glad to glad good to be talking to all you folks. Um, I hope this greeting finds you well in body and in spirit. And uh, so I guess here we are, about forty days into the into the this uh, imposed lockdown or shelter at home or whatever term you, you prefer. And I guess a lot of us have experienced different levels of anxiety or fear to this, you know, the uncertainty of, uh, you know, what's going to happen, what's the new normal. You know, we've had some members that uh, uh, have suffered from, from the virus, and, and thank God they've recovered or they're still recovering. We have some that are recovering, and you know, we pray for them that they, they get through this. We've had the anxiety of... Uh, finances, what's it going to look like on the other end? 
you know, and then, you know, family members, we have that anxiety and stress, you know, family members getting sick. And I'm sure most of us have had, we know somebody that uh, in the family or friends that have gotten sick. So I think what I want to talk about is uh, I have a little testimony that uh, really helped me when uh, about two weeks ago, as a few know, most don't, I had to make a trip to the uh, ER in um, the emergency room at Mercy Hospital where Lisa was. I was having some symptoms with my eye that, and Lisa's, you know, potentially, you know, could have been a sign of a stroke. So she called the PA and the PA said to come into the hospital. So I was like, I don't want to go to the hospital, but got to do what you have to do. So I started strategizing, you know, when Lisa and I got in the car, what, I, you know, I was, I was sizing up the situation, what I, you know, what I got to do, what do I got to do, you know, so we were, so as we were driving to the hospital, we were on the, we was, we was talking in, in the car, we were on the one to a parkway and we had stopped talking for a moment. And I was like looking out the window and it just came over me like a wave. I actually felt and heard God say to me, take it easy. I got this. I got this. Trust in me. And I was at complete peace with the whole situation. I mean, I know we say that a lot. You know, we have to trust God, trust God. But sometimes it's, you know, it's, we put us, you know, we try to figure it out first, how we're going to handle it. But, but that moment, it was something I really never felt in, in my spiritual life. I just, so anyhow, we had got, we get to the hospital and we go into the ER and I'm in the waiting room and, you know, again, I'm just sizing every, you know, I know how many people were there, you know, male, female. I was like just doing all the details. And, and, uh, so, you know, it came, it came to the, uh, the part of the process where I was crossing over from the waiting room after I was triaged into the, uh, to the ER room, to the emergency room. And, uh, it was almost, I almost had a feeling like when I was working, when I was, when we got to a fire and, and, and it was that moment when the door was, you got the door and you were going in. It was like the same thing of going into the, going into the zone, going in, you know, this is where it's, this is, this is the jumping off point. And I'm, I was completely, completely at, at calm. I wasn't, I had no anxiety, no anxiety. And through the whole process in the ER, it was, it was, uh, it was hectic, but it wasn't, um, chaotic. I object to these politicians and talking points when they say it's chaotic and they're overwhelmed. No, they weren't. They were, they were great. They were great. They just, knew what they were doing and they did it with great compassion and uh and love and and it was just it was it was an experience so anyhow they checked me out they gave me an er i mean an er a uh mri and everything's okay you know so you know and and but so i think what i'm trying to say is is that I think, you know, we all have these fears and, and anxiety and, and, and uncertainness and doubts and what's going to happen. So I think that, uh, I think folks that we just got to give it to God. I think he'll take care of it for us. You know, it, it's his plan. He'll, he'll trust him, trust him.
So there's a little bit more to the story. And then uh, one of the nurses, this is really incredible. This, this is God working. She, uh, we got to talking a little and she tells me um, she had a fire in a house and she was burnt out, burnt out of a house. She lived in a basement, I think in a basement apartment in uh, Baldwin. I was like, really, where are you, you know, you know, where are you staying? She said, well, I'm staying with friends. I said, oh, you know, I said, you know, I hope everything works out for you, so on and so forth. So last Tuesday, we were talking in the small group, and I relayed the story, and Kathy, go, Kathy Furness says, I think this young woman is staying with Carmen. She's a nurse, and she was burnt out of her house, but she thought she uh, worked in Winthrop. So I asked Lisa. Lisa said, no, she's, that's, her name's Evelyn, and she's from Levittown, and she was burnt out of a house, so and then Kathy called Carmen, and it is her. So they, you know, so you know, you could say, "Oh, what a small world," but not really. You know, that was just all God's plan. Hopefully and prayfully, that that being placed with Carmen, that Carmen is used as a tool to win this young woman over to Christ. So, you know, maybe that's something that uh, we could keep in prayer. And um, I would like to leave you with this before I go. Just a couple of verses that I thought were something that should be read. It's uh, Romans 12, 12. Uh, hang on. Be joyful in hope, patient in, in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And then one more. Hang on. Psalms 13, 5. But I trust in your I but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Amen. Amen. So folks, hang in there. I think you'll be alright. You know, we just gotta run through the process, but I think we'll come out on the other end alright. Hi, Gateway Church. This is Barbara. I miss you. I hope you're all doing well. And if you're not doing well, that you are completely relying on God to walk you through and to provide for everything you need. I've been working from home for the past five weeks. I'm extremely grateful that I have the opportunity to do this so I can still support myself and pay bills. I'm really very grateful. But being home is getting kind of old. Well, you know what I really miss? I really miss church. I really miss all of you. I miss worshiping together. I miss praying together on Wednesday nights. I miss learning together on Sunday mornings with the women's Bible class. And I miss hearing your stories and um, talking about what God has been doing in our lives. It's given me a little bit of a memory of, uh, not a memory, a glimpse of what it might be like, must be like for the church around the world, the persecuted church who can't meet together. They're not allowed to meet together. And I, I think it's given a, um, a glimpse because we can't meet together. And I realize we're not being persecuted, but it's, it's tough. It's tough to maintain relationship and to just, I think it's important to see each other face to face. I hope we have at least learned that, that um, when the Bible talks about not forsaking the gathering and the meeting together, that when we have opportunity again, that we won't forsake it. We won't take it for granted and we'll really work um, to be together and to worship together and to serve together, even work days. I miss work days. I hope you're rejoicing. I hope you're depending on God 
and using this opportunity to really grow closer to him and to ask him, what, what do you want me to learn? What's for me right now? What do you want for me to learn? Blessing, blessings to you. I love you and I miss you and I hope we'll be together again soon. Thanks. Good morning, Gateway Church. It's good to be with you again. Um, I hope this week finds you well as we're a little bit further into this pandemic and getting a little bit more used to what's going on. Uh, as we begin this morning, uh, we've been reminding you each week of the need to pray. And uh, I want to open with a word of prayer uh, this morning, asking for God's help and God's blessing. Father, I thank you for the privilege that we have to come before you. I thank you for those that are listening um, this morning and will listen throughout this weekend. I pray, Father, that you would help us to see our way through this pandemic, keeping our eyes fixed upon you. I pray that we would be witnesses for you in the midst of the darkness. I ask, Father, especially that you'd be with those in our congregation that are sick. And we grieve, Father, for the loss of those that um, have uh, gone home to be with you. We ask for your help and your guidance. I pray for our medical professionals. I pray for those that work in stores. I ask, Father, that you would give them strength, that you would give them protection from the virus. I ask, Father, again for our political leaders, that you would help them to make wise decisions about how we're to continue on this path and when we're to open up our country and our economy. And especially, Father, the privilege that we'll have someday of opening up our church buildings for worship once again. So, Father, we commit to you um, our needs. We ask that as we take a look at your word this morning, that we would find a call placed upon our hearts that would bring us back to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we're getting a little bit more used to what's been going on with the pandemic. Uh, with this pandemic has come a whole new vocabulary. And the thing that's interesting about that vocabulary is, is that we didn't use these words just a little over a month ago and we're already weary of them and we won't hear them much anymore. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And I have to admit, that's something I'm having a lot of trouble with. Uh, social distancing, mitigation, flatten the curve. Uh, when I grew up, there were some words that we used um, that aren't used anymore. No one comes up to me and say, hey, man, what's your bag? No one comes up to me and say, hey, that's really groovy or cool. But uh, at least those words lasted for a few years. We're hoping we won't have to use these words within another month or two. But at any rate, uh, we wash our hands. Uh, we're looking for cleansing. We're looking for a way to kill the germs. And so I hope that you're singing happy birthday or uh, Jesus loves me so that you make sure that you wash them long enough to kill the germs. But we are growing weary. And I've sensed that as I've speak, spoken with some of you through the course of the week that uh, it's going to be good for this to be over and for God to bring us through. And I want to go back to the Old Testament this morning for a little bit in our study of the Word and take a look at a time when the people were truly weary of the seclusion that God had placed them in. And I want to take a walk through some of the words that were given to us by the prophet Zechariah. It had been a time where God had disciplined the people of Israel and for 70 years there had been many that had not been able to go into the house of worship in Jerusalem. 
70 years. As a matter of fact, there was no house of worship to go back to. It had been destroyed by the Babylonian army. It had been thrown to pieces, and God had laid it on the hearts of some of his people to go back and rebuild that house of worship. At least when this is all over, Lord willing, our house of worship is still going to be standing. We want to come and be here, and I'm hoping it's not going to be 70 years before we come back. But know this, that the call that went out from the prophet Zechariah is, is that it's time for the weary to come home. And that was indeed the cry of Jesus. Jesus said that, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom. Jesus said, Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Jesus was all about asking the weary to come home. I love the parable of the prodigal son who had left the father. The father looked for him and his homecoming. And so we want to talk this morning about what Zechariah tells us about the process that's involved in God inviting the weary sinner to come home, to come back to worship him. And the first thing is, is that God is calling for a return. Uh, God is asking us to come back. And this is the way he phrased it in the early parts of the prophecy of Zechariah. The Lord was angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. Uh, there's two things about this call for a return. One, it's genuine. Two, God is saying that if I'll return, if you return to me, I'll return to you. There will be a coming together of God and man. And it involves a repentance. And it involves a turning away of mankind from the ways that he's going. And uh, it's also a matter of acknowledging that you know God's been involved in what's going on around us. We like to think that God doesn't have anything to do with this pandemic. And I'm not a prophet. I don't stand here and pretend to, to know what specifically God's trying to teach anybody, but I know this much. He's trying to shake us up enough to say, will you reconsider me, your creator? Will you reconsider me, your redeemer, and let me have a place in your life? The story of Israel and God's judgment upon it was uh, one where they had a temple where they worshipped the one true God. And under the leadership of Solomon, uh, they started to build temples to other gods. Solomon had a love for women, and each time he married a new woman, he would bring that god into the nation of Israel. And so there was a time by the end of Solomon's reign that you would come out from the temple, and you would look around on the hills of Jerusalem, and there would be temples to other gods rising up all around. It's not much unlike the longing that we have here in America for those of us that are Christians, those of us that knew the foundation of what this nation was built on. We look around us and we see the temples to other gods built all around us. And we long for people to return to Him. And just as in Zechariah's day, God was calling for a return of His people to come and worship at the temple. I believe that God is calling us today for a return to worship in His church to worship and be a part of his church. God is calling for a return. The second thing that we find 
in this passage of Scripture is, is that in this return, God will have his rightful place in the lives of men. Uh, we have displaced God in American society, in Western society. Science has said there's no need of him. Science tells us that we'll come up with all the answers. One of the things that's interesting about this pandemic is, is that we're turning to science to heal the problem. And they're not coming up with fast answers. They're working as fast as they can. The brilliant minds of this age are all putting their time and attention. And it's not just the brilliant minds of America, but it's the brilliant minds of Europe and the brilliant minds of Asia. The brilliant minds of all these nations are pouring themselves into this problem. And I'm hoping we will come up with a solution. But no one seems to be thinking that God has the answer to this. And God says that I will once again have my rightful place in Jerusalem. And that was what the prophet Zechariah was to tell his people. And this is the beautiful way it is. This is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth. And the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. Uh, today the church is in quite a bit of disfavor with the people of Western society. They want the license to do anything that they want. They want the privilege to be able to just indulge in anything that they want. And God has held the standards. It's been amazing. Samaritan's Purse comes into New York with a desire to help the people of New York. And protesters rise up and say, we don't like you because you hold the God's standards. And people run from the Church of Jesus Christ because they don't like the standards of God. But there's going to come a time when God's standards will once again be embraced. And if you're longing for renewal and awakening in the church, like we're hungry for it here at Gateway, it's going to be a longing for the church to once again rise up as something beautiful in the eyes of the people. And God has said that there's going to come a time when I will return to Zion, I will dwell in Jerusalem, and that city will be called the city of truth. The popular society today likes to mock the church and say that it doesn't hold the truth. The news media likes to mock the church and say it doesn't hold the truth. Hollywood, with all of its movies and all of its productions, likes to mock the church and say that it doesn't hold the truth. But Jesus indeed said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by me. And the church will once again be called a place of truth. Zion will be called a place of truth. And the Lord Almighty will come, and His holy mountain will be called the place that is set apart for the worship of God. And people need to realize if there's a return, that the church is going to be the place where He is worshipped. And so God is calling for a return, and God is longing for His name and His places of worship to be the place that have, has, is exalted in the lives of men. And then the third thing that we find in the prophet Zechariah is that in order to make this happen, God will provide a cleansing. It's going to be a cleansing that's thorough, it's a cleansing that's effective, and it's a cleansing that's magnificent. There's two thoughts that come to my mind as I've listened to the news uh, with respect to the uh, coronavirus. They're so afraid that by next winter they're not going to have the cure. That by next winter they're not going to have it all in hand and under control. And 
what has happened is, is Jesus says, I'm going to provide you with an effective cleansing for sin. It's not going to be a problem that is going to linger on if you'll turn your life over for me. And so it says in Zechariah chapter 13 that when the Messiah comes, when the, the leader of Israel comes, that on that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. I love the clarity of the old hymns. And there's a hymn that says, There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. And if you're looking for a cleansing in your life, a cleansing of your mind and a cleansing of your soul, a restoration of the very inner being of who you are, you need to look for it in what Jesus has provided. And there's three things that I want to point out about this cleansing. The first thing is, is, is it's a gentle cleansing. Uh, I had the privilege of being raised in the home where my mother was a nurse. And when you're a boy, getting your bumps and bruises and scratches and scrapes, it's always good to have a nurse to run to and have her bandage you up. And, and I often remember her, I'd get a cut, I'd get a scrape, uh, we'd fall and in the course of play and she'd say, let me clean that up. And you knew that it was going to hurt a little bit because it was a wound, but her cleansing and her healing hand was so gentle. Her way with us was so gentle. And through the years, I've always appreciated the way that nurses and doctors have taken care of me. Uh, what a privilege it was. And so when Jesus comes to us with the cleansing that he's offering for the forgiveness of sins, he wasn't going to come on a steed of war and say, what's the matter with you? He was going to come on a donkey and present himself as the king of Jerusalem. And I love the way that it's presented by the prophet Zechariah hundreds of years before Jesus ever walked this earth. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. A prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus would ever come of how he would present himself as the king of Israel. He would come with that kind of gentleness of a nurse that would cleanse your wounds or a doctor that would heal your illness. God comes to us gently. The second thing we're told about this cleansing is that God's going to pour out a spirit of grace and supplication. As I turn on the news and I watch um, the newscasts about the pandemic, everybody just seems to have a little bit of an edge about them. Uh, our political leaders all want to claim the political high ground in this. Our <clears throat> um, uh, judges want to claim the political high ground and the judicial high ground in all of this. And the news media wants to think that they've got the high ground and they, there's an edge to their questions and there's an edge to the things that they ask. And I love it when the doctors come on. And for the most part, the doctors are just giving a humble opinion of what they think is the right way to go. And it's an educated opinion. But it's an, it's an opinion that really wants the healing of America. I love the doctors that our president has gathered around him, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. Uh, there, there's just a, a sense that there's concern in their voice for the direction that we go and, and the way that we want to head. And God says this, about the cleansing that will be provided on that day. He says, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem 
a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one who mourns for an only child and grieves bitterly for him as one who grieves for a firstborn son. This prophecy talks about the, the piercing of Jesus and the sacrifice of an only son, the Son of God, for the sins of mankind. But what it's going to do is it's going to produce in mankind a spirit of grace and a spirit of supplication. Supplication is a humble asking for help. It's not a demanding because I'm a victim. It's not a claiming um, of any right to anything. But it's a spirit of unmerited favor. It's a spirit of grace. It's a spirit of supplication. And those of us that have found Jesus to be the great forgiver, to be the great healer, to be the cleanser from all of our sins, we have a spirit of grace and supplication because we realize we didn't deserve what Jesus did for us on the cross. They will look on me, the one that they've pierced. And we're going to be trying our best through the video next week to be remembering the Lord's table because God wanted us to remember the sacrifice of Jesus that was at the heart of this. And it should just bring a spirit of humility. And it should bring a spirit of saying, God, we need you. And we humbly ask of you to forgive us. Not with any sense of pride anymore because it's all been stripped away. We just need the forgiveness and the cleansing of Jesus. And then not only will this be a spirit of grace and supplication, but I'm going to ask you to consider one of these words that we're tired of already. God will lead us to a new normal. It's interesting that the new normal that everybody's afraid of is that we're going to be wearing masks for the next two years. The new normal that everybody's afraid of is, is that we're going to have to wash our hands for 30 seconds for the next two years, or maybe forever. That we'll never be able to shake hands again. That we'll have to sit six feet apart. That we'll have to limit the amount of time that we spend with people. We've enjoyed the privilege of getting together with people. And as we've tried to get the Zoom meetings going within our church and the small groups, it's amazing the brightness that we see on people's faces just when they see somebody else's face and hear someone else's voice. But we're afraid of the new normal. But God has told us that when he promises us eternal life and when he promises us cleansing, there's going to be a new normal that's free from all of the impurities. He's going to deal with the problem. We're not even going to need a vaccine. We're going to be so clean. On that day, he said, I will banish the names of the idols from the land, and they will be remembered no more, declares the Lord Almighty. I will remove both the prophets and the spirit of impurity from the land. And when there is a spiritual cleansing that God provides, and this is talking about something that's going to happen yet in the future, in the kingdom that God will establish on this earth when Jesus returns again. He's going to remove the people. And one of the themes that has come up in the prophet Isaiah and in the prophet Zechariah, is, is that God was very concerned about anyone who claimed to be a leader and was a shepherd that took the people in the wrong direction. Uh, we have a lot of people in this day and age that are false prophets, that are false teachers, that are leading people astray. And God is going to provide a cleansing that's going to say anybody that's taking us in the wrong direction will not have the ability to speak anymore. He's going to remove the false prophets, and he's going to remove the spirit of impurity from the land. 
And I have to tell you, we have a spirit of impurity in America. We have a spirit that needs fixed. There's something that's leading our young people astray. They say that you can do anything sexually that you want, and our kids are being wounded, and our kids are being afflicted and damaged. They're saying that you can take any drug that you want, just seek for the next high, and our kids are addicted, and our kids are being ruined. There's people saying that just learn how to lie, and you'll be able to get by. Take what you want. And do, there's a spirit of impurity at every hand, and we're weary of it, and we're tired of it. And young people, if you're listening to this, um, don't go down the road when the false prophet says to you, you can do anything that you want. But I would challenge you to embrace what God has told us are his standards, and what God has told us is his path of love and the path of eternal life, and you will never regret it, I promise you. I will remove the false prophets and the spirit of impurity from the land. God has promised us that there would be a new normal. And that new normal is shouted out by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8. This verse was circulated among those of us that um, get the verse that's put out by the men's group each week. Romans 8 chapter 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What an incredible new normal to wake up to every morning. You need to preach this to yourself and to others, that if you are in Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. What a privilege. It's going to be our theme through eternity. It's going to be our theme through whatever. And so it is that the prophet Zechariah knew that it was time after 70 years of being away from the house of the Lord to come back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And Zechariah was a prophet that would work with the political leader Zerubbabel and other prophets and other leaders to build the temple and to have a place where people could worship again. And we're longing to return to this place of worship, to Gateway Church Long Island, the building that we know is a place where we can sing his hymns and sing his praises, and we long to be there. But know this, God is calling for a return. But it's a bigger return, and it's a return... To him, it's a return um, to his ways. God is going to have his rightful place in the lives of men. And if you're feeling empty during this time of seclusion, if you're feeling empty during the times of quarantine, you need to look to God and say, God, I'm hoping that you'll fill the hole that's there in my life. I want to restore you to the place you deserve in my life. And then you need to embrace God's cleansing. It's a cleansing that is effective. It's a cleansing that lasts forever. It's a cleansing that won't have to be done over and over again. It's a cleansing that will heal you from the disease of sin that's in your life and will allow you to rise up each morning and shout this, that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the message of Zechariah the prophet. And Father, I am hoping that each one that listens to this video will hear your call to return to them. I pray, Father, that we will repent of those things that are wrong and that we will long for the things of your kingdom. I pray that we will seek you and return to you knowing that the promise is, is that as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Father, I pray that you will help us to embrace 
the things of your kingdom and that you will have a place in our lives that you do not find in our nation and that you do not find in the world today. I pray that the church would rise up as the place where you and your glory shine forth. And Father, I pray that we would know the effective cleansing that is given to us as your people. I pray, Father, that there would be a new normal for us, and that new normal would be what you have told us through Jesus' lips, is eternal life. Life that begins here and now, and life that lasts for eternity, and even into um, heaven when we're there with you someday. I pray, Father, that you would restore us. I pray, Father, that you would help us to return to you. I pray, Father, that you would help us to stay with you. And I pray this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.